Great to have you here. Um, just, yeah, just so wonderful to be together in the same room on a long weekend like this and really excited about kind of where we're at right now in our theme, uh, this kind of season in Eastertide where we're focusing on the practice of hospitality. And it's been great. The last few weeks hearing uh, both in communities and the last couple weeks hearing in somewhat of a unique setting from some different voices of teachers from around the world lead us through this idea of a shared life. What it means, and really this is what our response is towards Easter, is to open up our lives and that hospitality would be a deep practice for us. And so the last couple of weeks, uh, we've just been focusing on the external. Um, One thing that keeps coming to mind as John Tyson and others kind of shared these stories, I don't know if you've been here, but there's been been some beautiful stories shared um, about God just working through people as they're hospitable towards others. And the fascinating thing to me is I've watched that and engaged that, and as I come to the life of Jesus in his life, I'm just reminded over and over again that this is not, can I just get an amen on this? This is not rocket science. This idea, especially kind of in the evangelical moment we're in, you know, like I, I know my upbringing was very shaped by like evangelism as something that was kind of scary, and for a few people, and even been in environments uh, where it was kind of like, and this, I'm not against this, but, you know, like you pass the track and you kind of give the spiel and it's kind, of, it's kind of a set of ideas that you pass on. Maybe you don't even really know the person. And then you get to the life of Jesus and what you find is that he is just eating and drinking everywhere. This was his mission. Actually, the scriptures say, and I'm just recapping a little bit of what uh, John Tyson talked about a couple weeks ago, the Son of Man came to do three things. Luke 19, to seek and to save the lost. This is what Jesus, the Son of Man is a moniker for Jesus the Messiah, came to seek and save the lost. Matthew 20, he came to give his life as a ransom, so to lay his life down in sacrificial love for many. And then Matthew continually highlights this idea that the Son of Man came eating and drinking. I like how someone said, we need to reclaim the art of paying attention to what God's actually doing around us. It's actually uh, about this idea of hospitality is about opening our lives to the people around us. And everywhere you go, you see Jesus eating and drinking with people that are far from God. And as uh, we've just engaged this teaching over the last few weeks around hospitality to kind of the outsider, if that's the language we want to use, or those who are outside the kingdom, for most of us that's our friends, our communities, uh, many of us our family, I just keep thinking this may actually be easier than what we've made it. This whole idea of hospitality and, and giving our lives for others may be easier than we think. And that's actually a really beautiful thing, that we could come to this as a way where we don't feel burdened but actually a way to say, you know what, the spaces and the places where you inhabit, all of us have dinner tables, all of us have communities and places that we live. What if we opened our lives up to that? And I just love the last few weeks, these stories, even these alpha stories of really simple things like a waitress opening her life up to a friend and inviting her in to a community of people that are wrestling through questions about God. This is how it happens. This is how it works. By the way, new baby. So great. I'm back and just so, so thrilled for you guys. It's been so awesome. And uh, you just, yeah, we're thrilled for you guys. Um, 
Yeah, it's exciting to be together. Uh, with that said, here's what I want to do. I want to take this week and next week, because next week is Pentecost Sunday, so this is the sixth week of, of Easter. Next week is Pentecost, and we're going to kind of push in to uh, hospitality and what it means for the church. And I thought, what we need to do now, because the, last, the focus the last few weeks has been around, okay, being hospitable, kind of sharing our lives out, inviting people into the spaces where God is already moving. What I want to do now is really look at the importance of us being a hospitable community. Like not just out there, we're all Jesus followers filled with the Spirit, most of us that go out and live our lives. Now I want to focus on like the gathered church. And if you know, this is a passion of mine, not just because I'm a pastor. Um, it's funny, Heather and I, just honestly, through all the disorientation of COVID and there's been a lot of deconstruction, we've had a lot of friends in our lives, um, not here, just here, but in general, just kind of give up on the church in and through COVID. Um, we've gone the other way. We very much, pre we like, and I don't know why that is. Um, some of you were like, well, you get paid to be a pastor, so you should, this should be your thing. But I honestly, in our own wrestling, are on fire more than ever for the community of Jesus and what it's going to look like post-pandemic. It's going to look different, probably. Mind you, we were kind of blazing a little bit of a trail that was probably a little different as a church plant before the pandemic. And I actually think this idea of hospitality as the church community is massive. Now, what I want you to do is open up to Matthew 25 if you can. This, you're, <laughs> this is an interesting passage to go to when we talk about hospitality and being hospitable people as a community because many of you have probably heard this text taught. It's about the sheep and goats. It's near the end of Jesus' ministry and life. He's going to the cross at the end of Matthew in this gospel narrative. It's beautiful. And this is a hard, hard teaching but I, I want to look at it a little with kind of fresh eyes because um, I think there's actually maybe a different way that we could come to this and interpret this. So this is the te Jesus teaching on the sheep and goats. <laughs> you're, at, you're like, hospitality, what? Okay, well, we'll pull it all together. This is what Jesus says. He tells this parable. When the Son of Man comes in all his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. So this is a vision, a picture of kind of the renewing that's going to happen in this parable. Um, and Jesus, this is about judgment, right? This is a passage we go to when we talk about this step and this vision of judgment before Jesus comes to renew the entire world. Verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, Jesus says, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in person and you came to visit me. Jesus says, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, we did not see you hungry, like you, Jesus, hungry or thirsty or give you something to drink. We, uh, when did we see a stranger and invite you, a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And Jesus replied, truly I tell you, and many of you know this teaching, whatever you do for what? The least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. 
Then he'll say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or when did we see you thirsty or when did we see you as a stranger or needing clothes or, a, or sick or in prison and did not help you? When did we do this? And Jesus will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, did, uh, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous will inherit eternal life. Now, most of us um, know this teaching, and I think in this community, most of us have kind of the, a, a correct interpretation in many ways that what Jesus is saying is, hey, it's belief isn't just necessarily something in your head, but the action of caring for the least of these is an important piece of actually what happens in the life of somebody who follows Jesus. To, to embody an open life to the least of these is what Jesus ultimately is saying is the way in which we embody our lives and orient them towards the king. Jesus says, if you do this to them, you do it to me. Now, here's what we do. We tend to think that when we think of the least of these, we think of the poor and marginalized kind of on the outside of the walls of the church. And I think we need to think in terms of what's happening here because not only does Jesus say the least of these, he also says the least of these. Anybody know what comes right after the least of these? My brothers and sisters. Now, I want to put a precursor out, okay? I want there to be a disclaimer. Um, we are big on uh, cultivating a space where we are postured towards the least of these outside the walls of the church. Heather and I, and I, we don't say this much, but are just in on this, in caring for those who need that care, and obviously for those on the margins of society. Um, this is something we don't talk about, but to the grave we will go with that type of posture. But I actually think Matthew 25 is not necessarily talking about the poor. I think when Jesus talks about brothers and sisters, he is talking about people on the inside of the church, people who follow Jesus. Because this is the language that the New Testament uses around followers of Jesus. Now, I know it's hard for us because sometimes we don't like to make distinctions, but there is, not in a way that shuns the world or keeps the world out, but there is a sense that those of us that are followers of Jesus are brought into the family of God. And what I'm saying with this is sometimes we don't wrestle through the fact that really probably what this passage is in a more renewed sense, are we for the least of these? Absolutely. Will we give our lives, our, our resources to help the least of these? That doesn't change. But one of the things I think Jesus is saying here is he's talking about those, I think in our context, as we think about people who are persecuted that are followers of Jesus, our brothers and sisters around the world that have been pushed to the margins, people in churches around the world that have little resources. Jesus is talking, when you do this for these, my brothers and sisters, this is what it means to orient your life towards me. Now, do you hear what I'm saying? We are for the poor, whether you follow Jesus or not. But I think sometimes we take Matthew 25 and we go, yeah, that's for people out there. And I think what Jesus is saying is, no, no, like there is, there is a call 
of deep hospitality and giving of our lives towards our brothers and sisters within the church community. And listen, this is actually a good thing because here's what it does. It doesn't put certain expectations on friends or people in our world that don't follow Jesus. It doesn't put burdens on them like we often want to when we talk about some of the things that go on in culture and society. I love this with Paul. Paul is concerned about the church. He is not concerned about how people outside the church are living. He's not as much concerned with Rome and the kind of, kind of things they're trying to embody and kind of push on their culture. Paul is concerned with the church. And I think here, as Jesus says, listen, when you do this to the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, the brothers and sisters language, it's talking about people within the family of God. You with me? Now, we can interpret this completely different, but I just think that is there to remind us one, first of all, the, about the persecuted church, um, just to let you know, I know it's like coffee time at Praxis Church, and it's really comfy here. Like, we got glass walls and nice carpet and ni- nice clean chairs. There's been more people persecuted and martyred in the last hundred years for Jesus and his kingdom than every generation since the beginning of the church. And so this is, not to like be a downer on the long weekend, but this is a thing. And I also think where the church is exploding sometimes is in the most, the places and spaces that need the most as far as we talk about resources. And so just maybe a little bit of a different way to embody and to think about the call. One of the things we want to do is be hospitable, obviously, to the people outside the walls of the church. But I actually think it starts in here. Paul says it like this, Galatians 6. We closed our teaching through Galatians in this. Let us not become weary of doing good, for, uh, for at the proper time we will reap at harvest if you do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Again, a call of hospitality, a call of opening up our lives towards each other. That actually one of the calls, if you are part of new baby voices, it's, it's just so nice, it's so soothing. So, so much more soothing than my voice, right? You're like, I could listen to that all day. Um, there's a call in the community to take hold and take care of the household of faith. And so we don't shut, obviously, guys, we've been talking about this for weeks, we don't shut ourselves off to the world But I honestly think as I rub shoulders with Christians, when we talk a lot, we talk about the least of these being out there and sometimes we don't understand that oftentimes the least of these is right among us, our brothers and sisters. I also think it's logistical, right? That there, it has to start in here. There has to be, hospitality has to start in here because it's logistical. We actually have an environment, a place where we know each other, where needs are met. We've seen this over the last 10 years, where needs are met every single week because we're in community together. Acts 2 says that there was no need among the people. And so I just, maybe a little bit of a different way of reading the text. Do we shut our lives off to the people outside the walls of church? Obviously not. But I I often hear so much passion for that, and I wonder, hey, like, what about, what about, people that are on the margins in our own sphere? What about the people who are losing their lives for King Jesus? 
when Jesus says, my brothers and sisters, there is a distinguishing in the New Testament that the family of God, this multi-ethnic family that comes together, is knit and united together for the sake of the world. You out there? You hanging with me? I could be, you know, I'll be honest, I could be wrong on this one, but I think the intention of brothers and sisters there as, as, as a vision for the church for many kind of crumbles, I think Jesus is onto something as he thinks about a hospitable life. Now, love, there's a number of resources we'll give to you guys. One is a book called A Meal with Jesus by Tim Chester, a great little book that highlights all the meals that Jesus has with people in his mission. Another guy, his name is Joshua Jip. There's a name, Joshua Jip. He says this, he wrote a little book called um, Saved by Faith and Hospitality. This is what he says. He says, Jesus' extension of divine hospitality is characterized by peace, by healing of alienation from God and others, by deep joy and forgiveness. Jesus describes God's hospitality as life, namely as a resurrection from death to life. Those who have been well, I love this, those who have been welcomed into God's family continue to experience fellowship with the risen Jesus as host of their community and their meals together. He goes on and he says this, He says, those who experience, those who have experienced divine welcome will seek to share God's hospitality with others. Those who have experienced the divine welcome of the king, who literally put on display his life for us, the the response to that is those kind of people will seek to share God's hospitality with others. The picture we get in... um, and this kind of forms out of Eucharist or communion, is that Jesus the King, his body was broken and his blood was poured out. We'll come to the table in a few minutes. And it's kind of weird, but like this is actually something we celebrate, that God would come and so much his body is broken, his blood is poured out for us. And now the response is people who have experienced this divine hospitality is to be hospitable with each other. That we just don't take the bread and the cup, that's part of it in remembrance, But actually, part of our worship is being broken and poured out for the people around us in the community. Welcome to church. This is actually what it's about, that Jesus puts on display and models for us. Actually, the the image we get, not just of resurrection in Jesus, like Jesus resurrecting, that he is the prototype with that, but that actually his body that's broken, his blood is poured out, that is, he's the prototype, and now all of these image bearers, these followers of Jesus, now embody the same thing in community. When you do it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, Jesus says, you do it to me. This is the kind of worship Jesus is looking for. You out there? Hospitality, we don't talk about this a lot. We don't talk about hospitality in church because it can be so easy to become focused on like putting something on, and I get it. Liturgy is very important and these moments and gathering together is very important. But hospitality should be at the heart of what we do. Not just opening our lives up to meals and inviting people in on the outside, but actually a deep, hospitable community um, of love and light to those who come in. And guys, I honestly think, and the reason why we're doing this post-Easter is, one, Eastertide, the season of Eastertide, the six weeks, is like a season for eating and drinking and celebrating, and even the vibe here when you're turning around and we're turning around and engaging each other. It's just so, this is what the church is. It's so beautiful. This is what gets us excited. And I I just think of this season as a time for us to, to lean into the fact that 
Maybe even in our practices as the church when we get together, there's some things we could actually push into. Because as I think about this, I think this is why, as a church community, we do what we do. You know, last couple, last little while, I've had an opportunity to go to Evening Song, Even Song, sorry, at St. Paul's Cathedral in London, and this massive, we, I mean, I was in so many churches over this little trip we took, and cathedrals, and so we went to Evensong one of the evenings. If you know St. Paul's, it's like this massive Anglican church right in the heart of London, and it was beautiful. The whole thing was in Latin. We hit the Latin liturgy, which is kind of cool. It was like, what's going on? It's Latin. Sorry, my Latin isn't that great. But, um, you know, it's beautiful um, because there's something rich in tradition and liturgy in that moment. But I also, I also as I was sitting there, got thinking... There can be something missing if we just talk about our liturgical moments and don't understand that every person in the community is called towards hospitality. You know, and I'm, I'm for that. You know I love the tradition and church history and the traditions. I love all that, and it was really cool to embody that. But I also got thinking, you know, instead of a priest being responsible to administer, you know, the sacraments and everything for everyone, we should be doing this to one another, that this is actually why the gathering is important. The, the Sunday gathering or whatever that is for church communities because it actually unlocks a place for us to be hospitable towards one another, right? And that's why, like in our moment where technology has taken off and podcasting and YouTube, you cannot, listen, you can get certain things on YouTube and through podcasts, but you cannot get that that type of hospitality and life shared and life being, uh, our lives being broken and poured out for others through YouTube or a podcast. You know, and I've been sharing, I think a few weeks ago I shared with you guys, I feel the tension in my own life because I love information. I love, I love learning, I love reading books, and I've just been like fully confronted, probably by the Spirit of Jesus, that all that really doesn't mean a whole lot of engaging all that stuff if I don't actually do what Jesus' teachings say. And so one of the things we've been saying here, this is, as I think about hospitality in the moment and Jesus' call for the least of these, our brothers and sisters, and I think about kind of post-COVID and what the church could be, you know, I always say our liturgy here lasts an hour, about an hour and five minutes, our actual like liturgy on Sundays. But brothers and sisters, our gathering lasts as long as you want it to right? This is what we're trying to create, is a space where instead of just trying to put on something, we want to create a space where we actually practice hospitality, and that involves all of us kind of coming in, joining in together. So our liturgy is like, I know we start a little late sometimes, like 10 o'clock to 11.05, but that is not the full gathering. And so I'm growing in the skepticism of myself sometimes in my own propensity towards uh, information and I've just seen in my own life I need to step in and lean into being hospitable towards other people. Now it's, a, it's so funny because I know like there's music in churches and there's teaching and all of these things are important but um, as I think about hospitality in our moment I think back to uh, a few years ago because it was a really unique time. In 2018, we had let everybody know that uh, as we were City View Church and kind of a site of, of Royal View Church here in the city, that we were gonna move towards independence and relaunch as Praxis Church. And so at the 20, end of 2018, we let everybody know 
that we would be kind of moving towards being Praxis Church, an independent kind of church community, and it was really healthy, and Royal View was great with that. And so at the end of 2018, we let people know in January 2019, if you remember, some of you that were around, it seems like a millennia ago because of COVID, um, we kind of took everything down. We took the website down and we just said, anybody that's kind of core here for the month of January, we're going to meet together. We're just gonna come around some things that are important to us and then we're gonna relaunch in February as Praxis Church. And so we kind of went underground, but not really. And um, on the, I, I remember vividly, on the third Sunday of January, it was just one of those mornings. It was terrible. Can I just be honest? It was, it was brutal. So we were having like technical difficulties. I remember, lead, first of all, I was leading worship that morning. So, you know, it's just like the bar is very low, right? And uh, there was like instrument issues. And then we had our friend Jeremy Conway. I don't know if you remember, but like TVs weren't working, but he did like a pre-recorded thing to encourage us into our launch. And like you couldn't hear what he was saying. It was like buzzing. None of you remember. I like lost a couple weeks of sleep over this. And just the vibe in the room, it was just... It was just one of those mornings where you're like slugging through and I'm like, man, is this the future? This is, this could be tough. Um, and so I'm like deeply discouraged as we're looking ahead to our launch. And on that morning, somebody came and visited our community. We've never, never shared this with anybody, but on that morning, somebody outside the community came and were a part of that morning, and I just remember talking to them. They were like the, because we didn't promote, I was kind of worried, like, this is the only visitor here, and like, they're never gonna come back. Now, they did never, they didn't ever come back. But on that morning, they gave $24,000 to the launch of our church. $24,000. Never told this story, and if you know, I'm not, listen, we never talk about money here. I don't think if somebody gives $24,000, that makes them better. But it was, you know, at that point, I didn't even know if I was going to have to get a job in this relaunch. We basically had said, listen, like, we're just going to go into the deep. We're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to launch out. And if I have to get a job, now, now I am getting a job, which is a whole other story. We'll talk about that later. But, like, in that moment, it was like, we're going to do it, in it to win it. But, you know, when you have a budget, I think, of $86,000, $24,000, that's like a blessing. And the sense I got, I don't want to speak for somebody, but the sense I got is that, you know, the ring in the songs and the missed lyrics by the dude trying to lead worship and the buzz in the teaching didn't quite matter when it compared to a community that was desiring to be hospitable towards each other. And just a little story to remind us that and I remind myself that sometimes I want to place things as certain, I want to place things as of certain importance when in the long, bigger scale, the bigger vision of the church community and what's happening. That person never came back. It's like an angel with no wings came in to kind of help us in that season, and it's been beautiful. But just a little reminder to us that even for myself, sometimes we can almost miss Jesus' words in thinking that our worship is just tied up in music and teaching, right? I'm actually growing a little skeptical, and this is not in this community, but just I hear sometimes a talk of like the people that want, you know, the music in their church to be like Hillsong or Bethel, or their teaching to be like Church of the City, John Tyson, or Bridgetown, or whatever it is, Reality San Francisco, but they can't open their lives up to their brothers and sisters. This is about 
hospitality. This is about our lives being open up towards each other. And so as I think about it, this is why we've turned and we have a break in the gathering, right? Because it's a statement for us that says, this is bigger. Your life matters as you turn your life in towards each other. This is why it's really not that risky to um, take our gatherings to homes because as we talk about hospitality, it's just a way to say this is an intentional way. It seems risky, but in this moment, an intentional way to kind of open our lives, invite people to the table. So all I'll say as we kind of wind down here and as we think about Jesus' words, especially as we come to the table, you know, um, people will often come to a church and they'll say things like this. They'll say, I want to get involved. And as a leader in the church, that feels good, right? Anybody with, that's a good thing. That is an amazing thing. But what I, what I notice is that in our, in our attempt and our desire to get involved, which is really good things, and get on teams, that before getting on a team, or before getting a job description or a title or a ministry, here's what we need from all of us as we kind of move forward. We need to just be hospitable with our lives, right? Don't come just watching a few people do things up front, um, but come before you know, passing around the clipboard and getting people to sign up in certain roles, what, we, what the church, not just Praxis, this is the church in general, what we need is just to open our lives up and be hospitable towards each other. And then from that flows out of that the different things. Somebody set up your chair this morning. Somebody set up pipe and drape for your kids. You love it. I know you do. It's so good. Um, you know, there's work that needs to be done. But as I think about the church and in, in really how we should be moving and functioning, and this is not just a practice thing, this is my vision as I see the church in general, is before signing up on a clipboard for something or signing up online, is to open up our lives and just be hospitable. Really nuts and bolts, you know what it is? You know what, it's super simple. You know, one of the, the, the best things that we can do, this sound, may sound super practical, is just come early and leave late. Be hospitable, don't watch the clock, open up your lives, and then what that's gonna, what's going to happen and what's going to flow out of that is that will evolve into, yes, we need people to set up communion and chairs and pack down and set up. But my fear is a little bit in the church the last little moment, as I am around pastors a little, there's just this hunger to like get people to put on something, and I would much rather lead a community of people that are just hospitable in everything. You with me? When you come in, we're gonna, the, the, litur, the, the liturgy will end here in a few minutes. But brothers and sisters, the gathering lasts as long as you want it to. You with me? This is, this is a different maybe ethos than, hey, we've got to put something on. It's a, it's a way in shaping, and it's happening. So when I say like some of my skepticism is not for in here as much as I see on a bigger level, like with how we want to do things, I think we're onto something here. A few minutes ago, hearing the buzz and like my job sometimes of like having to break up conversation, this is, this is as, that is as much worship as in a few minutes coming to the table. It matters, it deeply matters. And so if you're thinking, I wanna get involved, listen, we want you to get involved, but more than anything, we wanna be a community of people where it doesn't take a, a name tag, though we have those for kids, I think. It doesn't, it's not gonna take a job description or whatever, it's just gonna take us 
being open and alive towards each other. Because Jesus says, listen, you do this. You give a cold cup of water in my name. You open up your life. You're not just doing it to your brothers and sisters around you. Who are you doing it to? King Jesus. You know, I love, I, I love even the season I'm in where it's just a declaration. I'm not doing this, um, you know, for money or for, you know, because this is what has to be done. I love being a part of a community where we're all just in this thing together. But I also think as we open up our lives in hospitality, we're not just doing it to the people that you see around you this morning. Um, you're doing it to King Jesus. You sign up on the meal train, right? You join in at Arcade and helping. You give your time and energy for kids. You move a chair. Listen, when we do this for each other, it is for the king as well. And so, as I think about this, again, we're not siphoning off the world around us. Obviously, can we nod our head at this? You're all right with me. We're not. But my fear is, and what I've seen the last decade or so, is sometimes people get so focused on what's happening outside of the church with justice issues. We're all, again, I'm all into that, obviously. I feel like I'm hopefully modeling that. That we lose something with our brothers and sisters. And I actually think it has to start here with us. It has to start here. I think we're on the right track. I think Jesus is calling us to something beautiful and great. And so I'll remind us, as Paul did again, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, brothers and sisters, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers around you. This is a life we're called into. And when we talk about hospitality, I hope that Praxis would be this type of community that would be known as a hospitable people with our lives, with our energy, with our time, with our resources, with everything that we are. You with me? You with me?